Welcome, you're listening to the Leading Hope Podcast. My name is VJ Williams here with my friend and pastor, Kevin Jack. Thank you for taking time out of your day to become a better leader. Love for you to subscribe on YouTube or uh, any of the podcast platforms. Get that automatically delivered to your platform of choice every Wednesday. It's a great opportunity for Kevin to talk to you directly, which is great. Also, uh, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. A few extra moments, uh, minutes will uh, absolutely help you get this podcast in the hands of so many more leaders just like you. Visit Leading Hope uh, online to get updates and find out more about the Leading Hope community. Today, Kevin, is episode 161. You've titled this The Top Reason. The Top the Reason. The Top Reason to step out of leadership. Yeah, and I want to acknowledge, step out. like, this is the top reason to step out of leadership besides moral failure, character issues, you've disqualified yourself in some way, or you're retiring, or you're done. Right, so out, outside of a number of other reasons, <laughs> this is the top reason to step out of leadership. Yep, that's I like good. it. I'm okay with that. No, that's good. That's, I mean. Do you want to retitle that as the full title? <laughs> yeah. I'll, Outside of a myriad of other reasons. I'll listen back and <laughs> copy and paste. This is the top reason yeah. to step out of leadership. Did we miss any of those? Caleb, did we miss a reason uh, that it wasn't in there? Okay. <laughs> Caleb says, no, we're good to go. You're a jerk. You're a punk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one likes you. Yeah, you don't shower. You hate people. You don't, yeah. I probably should have listed that one. <laughs> oh, so here's, uh, <laughs> here we go. Let, let's just get into the content. Ready? Uh, the top reason to step out of leadership outside of the myriad of other reasons is you don't see a way for the future to be better than the past. Oh, now I want to be clear. We're going to do some constructive work later on, on how to imagine that. But I really believe that that's the top reason why you need to step out of leadership that maybe doesn't pop into people's heads is to say, hey, you don't see a practical way for the future to be better than what currently is or what used to be. And here's a couple of reasons why that's so important. Uh, first off, leaders who don't see a better future will always create a worse future. I know that sounds so dumb and so obvious, but it's it's important for us to acknowledge it. If you don't see a better future, then you will create a worse future. And I, I see this um, churches all the times, and I know this sounds awful, uh, but I'll talk to pastors in their view of the future, which is just so mind boggling to me when we have a gospel that is essential and eternal, but their view of the future of the church is dismal. Their view of the future of the church is just defeatist. And what I what I see is I see they run their churches into the ground. And I believe this has been one of the things plaguing church world for a while is we hear all these reports of the decline of church attendance or the decline of churches and that there is no future for the church in North America. And so we'll hear these different things take place and then people will inherently, they'll adopt it, they'll develop a defeatist attitude, and then they'll just accept strategies, systems, cultures, visions that are insignificant and unimportant. And what they'll do is they'll lead their churches into the ground. Yeah. They'll lead them to a worse future. And I want you to know that. I believe that the most accurate indicator of the future of the organization is if you ask senior leadership, do you think we'll be better a decade from now? Mm. If you would just go to, and that's like any single organization. If you just went to the, the principal, the superintendent, the president, the CEO, the coach, whatever it is, 
And if you would just pause, the pastor, and if you would just ask them, do you think we'll be better a decade from now? And if their answer was no, then I guarantee that organization with the current leadership will be worse a decade from now than it is today. And that if you don't see a better future, you'll create a worse future. Second reason on this is I believe that leaders don't have to be optimists, but they must be optimistic about the future. I'm not saying you have to be this like rose colored glasses, glasses half full, like everything is going to be fantastic. That's that's not the case at all. But I do believe that you have to be optimistic about the future. You don't have to even believe it will be better. But I do you believe that you need to believe that it can be better. Let me say that again because it was a little sloppy. I don't think you must believe that it will be better. Because you may look at all the surrounding circumstances. You may go, this is an uphill battle. This is unlikely. But it is essential that you believe that it can be better in order to lead things into a better future. And I believe that if you don't see a way for the future to be better, you'll always attempt to bring us back to a present that no longer exists. Leaders who don't have a positive, optimistic view of the future will always try to return things back to the past. And I'm, I'm not like anti-traditionalism. I'm not anti-past in any way. But I believe that the reality is that the past existed in a certain context that no longer <clears throat> exists. And there can be learning, tools, virtues, thousands of other things that should be resurfaced, should be revived in our present context, in a future context. But I believe that if you don't have a, a view, a vision for how the future could be better, the reality is if you try to take people back to a context that no longer exists, you will automatically always make things worse. And I believe this is the most important thing. Hey, if, if you as a leader, if you don't go, this is how it's better in the future, then you just need to know that is the most telltale sign that things will automatically get worse. Yeah. V, I've got some constructive stuff. Anything you want to pause and talk about now? Uh, man, I've got, I got some stuff here that I just, I, I had, it's funny that you mentioned optimism, but I think we can keep going and then we'll bring it back and I'll ask you a bunch of All questions. Right. So to be positive then, <laughs> not just like, yeah, cause I don't want every leader being like, oh my gosh, I don't see a way for it to be better. Yeah. I better resign. <laughs> Yeah. Better look for a new job. So here's kind of second part of this is I want to talk to you about how to have a better view of the future. Yeah. If you look at the future and you don't, you don't, you're not even imagining you go, it could be better this way. This, this is a good thing. These are positive things that could happen of it. If everything you look at is the economy's worse, the, the nation's worse, our virtues are worse, our families are worse. If that's where you are, if I could just give you some like helpful steps on how to have a better view of the future. First off, as a leader, um, I believe that you should assess your organization's strengths and opportunities. Uh, you've probably heard of a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. Strengths and weaknesses are internal, opportunities, threats are external. Yeah. I believe that if you want a better view of the future, you should for a season become oblivious to the threats and the weaknesses. And just for a season, just live in strengths and opportunities because you can't build on weaknesses. You can't build on threats. You can build on strengths and opportunities. And so just to take some time and to go, hey, what are we good at? What, what could we possibly be great at? 
Um, I was uh, close, uh, had a good relationship where we used to live with a guy who owned uh, the two Chick-fil-A, I wanted to call them dealerships, but they're not cars, <laughs> Chick-fil-A franchises, franchises in the area. And he talked about how when the pandemic came out, yeah. that a lot of the thinking and talk around the franchise leaders was, oh, what an incredible opportunity it is because our job isn't opening restaurants. Our job is delivering chicken to people. And now we have new avenues to do that that were previously unavailable to us. Mm. And so they did like, they did crazy stuff in their drive throughs and things like yeah. that. Like it was bonkers. Yes, it was. Like as we went through, like, yep. They had 20 people out in the parking lot taking stuff. It was unbelievable, all the things that were taking place. And I'm sure they're not the only one. I'm not trying to say like, because some of you are like, our Chick-fil-A did that too. Yeah. Great. You had a good leader. Right. (laughs) Who looked and said, in the midst of this difficulty. And so one of the conversations that I had with him as it was later on in the pandemic, I was like, how are you guys feeling about like reopening as all these other things are reopening? And he said, I'm excited about it, but we've actually done far more business than we ever had in any other year. Oh, sure. I was yep. like, how fascinating that there were so many restaurants in the midst of the difficulty that said, we're done, shut doors. And yet he looked at it and said, what could come of this? And they created a better future because he saw the opportunity yeah. within the yep. struggle in difficulty. That's great. And I would say, you do that by assessing what you're good at. Hey, what are we good at? And what do we have an opportunity to do in this season to explore the possibilities of what could happen in the moment? Um, Second thing, how to have a better view of the future. To write out what is lost if you no longer exist. Yeah. What, What role do you play in your team, in the community, in the economy, in the whatever it is? Like, if you aren't here... What is lost? And I, and I think within that, you'll, you'll see the distinction between your task and your purpose. And when you're more clear on your purpose, you'll be able to identify the essential role you have to play and how if that is no longer here, that something significant is lost. When you see what needs to endure within your work, it gives you more of a cause-centered approach instead of a task-centered approach, which I believe if you understand the cause that you're working towards, you'll see what is oh so significant that has to endure in the yeah. future. That makes sense? Yeah. Okay, yep. right out, just simply say, for if, sure. If for me, if Highland Park Church no longer exists, what is lost? Right. For a lot of people, they'll go to a different church. But, but what is no longer there in the community that is the essential, significant role that only we can play? Yeah. And I believe that's true of your business as well. Agreed. Uh, third thing, last thing, how to have a better view of the future. So we've talked about assess your organization's strengths and opportunities, write out what is lost if you no longer exist. And I believe the third thing is to say, discover who is thriving. <laughs> and I, I think we run in either circles of encouragement or discouragement. Yes, and yes, yes. And if your yes, circle... Yes is discouraged i want you to know not everyone is discouraged yeah and you need to find those who are encouraged in what they're doing <clears throat> and if i could just be clear get in that circle <laughs> like like you can bring the positive thinking back to your discouraged circle but don't stay in that circle yep get in the circle of those who are thriving that we, we just find that there are people who they have a view of the future that is that is expansive 
that sees opportunity. And there's a tendency that if you surround yourself with those who have defeatist thinking, that that is the thinking that you'll adopt. And so just to know, hey, if you are in a spot right now, if I could just throw in here as well, like uh, one of the circles you may run in that has uh, fatalist thinking is cable news. Turn it off. Ooh. Find another source. Yeah. Uh, we, my wife and I, uh, we were on a trip a couple months ago. And uh, we were watching news reports of uh, just kind of weather stuff in uh, in Florida because we weren't in Florida and there was some hurricane stuff going on. And so we had we flipping back and forth between CNN and Fox News because that was the only news sources we could access to figure out what was going on. And after like 10 minutes and we kept flipping back and forth based upon who was running a weather report, Bethany just goes, is it always like this? I was like, yes, <laughs> this is why we never watch it yeah. because all they ever do is blame the entire time. And I know some of you take great personal offense at that, but I hold to it that you need to find those who are positive, who are building instead of just criticizing those around them because you can't build on criticism. Can't. And so discover who is thriving. Not everyone is discouraged. That's uh, such a good note. And we'll talk more about that in a second. I don't want to go back to something you started this whole podcast with, and we're not certainly we're we're not, we're not, the goal isn't to pick on anybody in particular. Yes. That's not the goal. It just points out the, the deficits in the things that we're trying to overcome. Not, not just with those individuals, but ourselves as well. And uh, you said, you know, some of those leaders that you've talked with uh, pastors specifically just say that the, the future is dismal. Yeah. And man, I just looked up that, the word, I knew what it meant, but then I read some other, it's pitiful, pitifully or disgracefully bad. Yeah. And I'm thinking, do you really believe that? And if so, what, what, what causes you to, to think like that? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and it's, it, it's a kind of a, uh, for someone who's in the church for me specifically, like I can't operate in that. I don't know what I would even have faith for. Yeah. Like, and, I'm, and that's not a, that's not a judgment of their character or their, you know, but thinking wise, that's, I don't, that's a tough spot for me to even put myself in. Can I, can I take this just on a church side? Yeah. Which I think is really like. We have been church leaders. Yes. Oh, yeah. Have been yeah, told for sure. that the modern day church is dying. Yeah. Because people only want intimate and authentic, and they're done with big, and so everything needs to move out of current environments that we've created to engagement for engagement. It needs to be moved completely f towards house churches. Yeah. Whilst, that's yeah. my fun word. I like that. Whilst, it's a good one. Modern concerts are massive. Yeah. I'm not saying church is a concert. Okay. Right. That's not my goal in saying this no, in any way. No, of course not. I'm saying that like the same principles of thinking have not been applied because what we see is that people still crave yeah. transcendent environments. People didn't stop craving the environment that communities yeah. involved and if, in. And if the church completely evacuates that space, what's going to happen is only secular forms are going to fill that space. For sure. And so it is just, it is so mind boggling to me because I believe what happened is church leaders heard for years, the way in which I, I believe wholeheartedly we should continuously reinvent new ways of doing church. Always. Hear that like, that is so important. Always. But I believe that we heard, this is dying, get out of it. Yep. And so what happened was we accelerated the death of yep. what was not necessarily going to happen. Yep. That we see churches that are thriving in these forms. The people told us we're dead. Yeah. Message is not changing. Nothing I've got does. a, uh, I've got a pastor friend who, um, he, he said this almost embarrassingly a couple years ago. He goes, <laughs> you know what? We're really going to push this year. I was like, what? Because uh, I almost don't want to say it. 
It's like, what is <laughs> it? it? Tell me, say tell it. me. What are you going to say? Uh, we're really going to push Sunday school. I was like, yeah. He goes, because we got this building that has like hundreds of rooms. And we've all got all this space to do it. Yeah. And they abandoned it 20 years ago because everybody said Sunday school is dead. Yeah. Small groups are the wave of the future. And I looked at him. I said, do it. Do it. <laughs> like if you think it'll work. Right. It doesn't work in our context because we don't have the space. Right. But if you have an environment right. that has the space and able to do it, people don't care yeah. about what's cool yeah. in your, like, it is It is the leaders of your movement, whatever that is, that care about what's cool. Yeah. No one else cares. Nope. Just do what works. That's 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 good. I just I thought that was that blow me away. The other thing that you didn't say um, uh, here, which I think is great, uh, of the top reasons to step out of leadership. Just bringing back context, what we're talking about here, is that you didn't say don't leave leadership because you think you're failing. Oh, that's good. Yeah, like that's and I think if you put on the top list of why people might leave leadership is because they think they're failing. You're not. That's not a reason to leave. Yeah. Find out why you're failing and, and improve and get better. But that's not a reason why. And I think a lot of people drop out because they don't think they're good enough or they're not making a difference or they're failing. That's good. And I don't think that's something that people need to know. The one other thing I want to say here, and I thought this was, I usually don't do this, but I had some stuff, some stats on here, which, which is really go, fun. Go, go. Uh, you talked about um, optimism. You said you don't have to be an optimistic, or I'm sorry, an optimist. Um, here's, here's something for you that may give you some insight into this. MetLife, a big giant insurance company, okay. MetLife changed their strategy a few years ago to begin hiring optimistic salespeople. Oh, right? that's fascinating. And in the first year, the optimistic team outsold the other team by 19%. And in the uh, second year, by 57%. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I mean, we know why. It sounds obvious, but... This is the uh, Thomas the Tank Engine yeah. episode of Leading Hope. Yeah. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, and here's what they found. Here's what they wrote about Go. this. Uh, they wrote that optimism has the fundamental benefit of resilience. If you believe things are going to turn out well, you resist. Optimism is really key in having a resilient attitude. When you think it's going to work out in the end, you don't Absolutely. give up. Absolutely. And I'm thinking, man... If we're going to be leaders, we better take on some optimistic yeah. personalities. Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves being dismal in the end. I heard a pastor say recently, um, they said, uh, we were talking about like prepping sermons. As I only put together like two hours because no one ever remembers what you speak on anyway. Huh. And I thought, <laughs> a little arrogantly, no one remembers what you said. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what you think. Yeah. Like it, the, yeah. the tendency for our thinking, positive or negative, to create the reality that we're eventually going to live into. Yeah. And if you think, this is my close, just to be clear. Yeah. If you think things are going to be worse, they will be worse. Yeah. I believe, not, not, not just if you think they'll be better, they will be better. But I believe if you don't have an optimistic view of the future, you don't have a chance. Yep. And so if you're in a position of leadership... And you think that the future will be worse than the present? Get out. Yep. Or 
figure out how to have a better view of the future. There you go. Episode 161. The top reason other than the other reasons. Moral failure, character issues, disqualify yourself in some way, <laughs> retirement, tired, everything else. To step out of leadership. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us today. If you're new to the podcast or haven't yet subscribed and mean the world to us, if you did that now, also post about it, rate and review or both. You won't believe how this helps get the podcast in the hands of so many more leaders and friends like you that are trying to get better like us. We love hearing your stories of how the podcast is working in your life and business. If you have a story, visit leadinghope.online. Send that to us. We'd love to hear from you. And remember, everyone has 20 minutes to learn to become a better leader. Make it count.